for your kids struggling to be timely? In today's episode, I'll be sharing the importance of timeliness and some ways to train our kids to do their work in a timely way. Welcome to the Dorinda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorinda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. I hope you'll check those three books out. You need to go to Amazon to find them, or you can find them at DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I just mentioned. Also, if you would like a free digital download of the um, devotional that goes with The 4-Hour School Day, you can do that by simply subscribing to my monthly email newsletter. And we'll send that right over your direction. And this is such a great time of year to be going through that devotional because I talk a lot about sort of revisiting our priorities, direction, all of that as we're thinking about the upcoming school year. All right. I also want to let you know that I have a mentoring course online. It's a series of videos that I created to share with you what it looks like to take a simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling kindergarten through 12th grade. So I hope you'll check that out. I will leave a link in the show notes so you can easily find that. You have also heard me talk about CTC Math for some time now, but I'm wondering if you've tried it out yet. CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. Start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. All right, let's start at the very beginning. Let's start with talking about what timeliness actually is. Okay, I always like, if we're going to use a term... I want to make sure that we're all thinking of the same thing. So timeliness is doing a task within a reasonable amount of time and when you committed to doing it. It really is a character quality of faithfulness. Um, And what faithfulness is, is the fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitments as to what one has pledged to do, professes to believe, etc. So obviously, let's, we're starting, we're talking about our kids here. So we know that, you know, they may not have you know, verbally agreed to to do the dishes. You know, said, Mom, I commit to do the dishes. No, we've given them those commitments. That's part of our job as a parent is to teach our kids a good work ethic, to shoulder them with some responsibilities and things like that. Um, and that's okay. So they don't have to be the ones to come up with the commitment. We have created these some of these commitments for our kids, but this is how we train them. And so it's important that as we are teaching them these things, we are also teaching them what it looks like to do these things in a timely way. Now, I I don't know about you, but I have noticed that many, many people make promises or commitments they cannot keep. In fact, I find it interesting because 20 years ago, when someone told me they were going to do something, I could pretty much count on, uh, count on the fact that they would actually follow through. And I've noticed that things have changed. And now when someone commits to something, says to me, oh, I'll do that for you, 
or I'm going to do this thing, I don't plan on it. And it's the weirdest thing, but I think it's a very much uh, coming from our culture in terms of families, parents aren't teaching their kids to keep their commitments. And so these children have grown up and now they don't really think twice about just sort of offhandedly saying they'll do something. And they may have the best of intentions in the moment, but they forget. They don't make it a priority. They don't take seriously the fact that they made a commitment. So Again, that is something that I think has really changed um, since, you know, in in my memory bank, since I've, I've probably been around more than all of you, I have really noticed a big shift in that. And that's why I wanted to address it today, because I do have parents who come to me quite often at conferences and different things where they say, you know, I'm just struggling for my kid to get my kid to do something in a timely way. And so that's why I wanted to address this topic, because it's important that we don't make commitments that we cannot or may not be able to keep. Now, every now and then there's going to be that occasion where it, we truly are stopped. We had every intention of doing something and something definitely shifted or pivoted. There's grace for that. So I don't want you to take this as a heavy legalistic thing that we're talking about here. But what we do want to do is we want we want to set that example of faithfulness when we say we're going to do something that we follow through on it um, So, because our, our kids are watching and more is caught than taught. But then we also want to instill this in our kids. And this is going to take intentionality on our part. So let's talk a little bit first about why it's important to keep commitments. Well, I think that as we're teaching our kids to be faithful and keep their commitments, we are teaching them self-control. We are teaching them self-regulation, self-discipline. We're also teaching them to be other-oriented because usually when we've made a commitment and we don't keep it or whether we keep it or not affects another person. And this is another thing that I think is so important uh, for us to remember that as our kids are growing up, they need to understand that their decisions affect the people around them. Now, typically in a family, that becomes somewhat obvious, um, painfully obvious at times, but I think it's important for us as parents to actually say those words, to say to our kids, look, you didn't keep your commitment and that affected your brother in this way. And again, we're teaching them um, to be other-oriented, to um, understand what it means to consider someone else when we're making a decision or when we're not able to keep a commitment, things like that. We're not just aware of ourselves, but we're aware of how our our, our lack of follow-through might affect the other person. So I'll give you an example. You know, you've got kids, maybe you've got your chores divided up like we did at our at our house where someone's loading the dishwasher, um, but then there's someone else who's clearing the table and wiping the table and sweeping, right? Well, if that person who's clearing the table doesn't do their job on time, the person who's loading the dishwasher is affected by that. Maybe the person who's loading the dishwasher is really wants to be timely, wants to try to get things done in a timely way. Um, they got something else they want to go do. And their sibling is totally keeping them from that. And so then you end up with this whole scenario of, you know, frustration, disappointment, maybe anger, some things like that. Anger often comes from disappointment, frustration. It's kind of a secondary emotion to a primary cause. But 
it it happens. You know, these that that child gets upset, and then the child who's doing the dishes, maybe they're gonna let the other kid know in maybe no uncertain terms that you know, hey this really affected me, but they're not going to say it in a winsome way. So now you're going to have an opportunity to teach that child how to respond in a situation where they've been um, wronged or they've been offended or they've been affected negatively by someone else's choices. Because you know what? So much of life is navigating the effects of other people's choices, right? As we go throughout our days as adults, choices that our children make, choices that our husband makes, choices that another driver on the road makes directly affects us. And we have a responsibility to respond to it in a way that pleases God. So, you know, you might have that scenario that I just described to you set up. It will give you an opportunity to work on the character of both kids. But at the end of the day, the point is, that what that child did affected um, the other child who was trying to do their work on time and trying to get their job done. So we, and this is going to happen repeatedly, sometimes several times throughout the day where we're going to have these opportunities to teach our kids timeliness and to be intentional with our words and our direction so that our kids understand the importance of it. This isn't just about doing the dishes. This is about doing it in a way that glorifies and honors God, doing it in a timely way because we are image bearers and we are to bear as true to the image of God as possible. We are reflecting God's image to the world. And so this is something we want to teach our kids. Now, obviously, our kids might be four or five or six or seven, and maybe they haven't made that um, personal commitment to the Lord yet. That's, That's irrelevant. What matters is we are raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we're showing them what it looks like to be a believer. And one of the things that we do as believers um, is we strive with God's help to bear as true to his image as possible so that when people see us, they see a good picture of who God is. And we can actually do that in our everyday lives simply, one of the ways we can do that is simply by being faithful to keep our commitments. I'm going to read a few verses to you. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and he will not do it or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? So obviously God is God, but he is the pattern, the example that we want to follow. So it's clear there that he keeps his promises. He keeps his commitments. And so we want to try to pattern that with his help. Matthew 5.37 says, let let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So you'll often get this with a child who is not good at keeping their commitments. And so they'll say, oh yeah, I'll do that. And we look at them and say, will you really do that? And then they go, oh, I swear, I swear I will. Or, you know, they say something along with their yes or no, which is a huge indicator that they're not good at keeping their commitments. So we we would say to our kids when they would try to like sell us on the fact that they were gonna do this, even though it wasn't their track record, we would say, look, you say yes or you say no, and you keep that commitment, whatever that is, okay? No more than that. I don't wanna hear I swear. I don't wanna hear anything in addition to that. Simply yes or no. Again, I just love how God wants us to just keep things simple, right? So when we make a commitment, we are not just making a commitment before man, but we're also making a commitment before God. And I think that 
our kids need to also be aware of that. Matthew 12, 36 says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. And you, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there are lots of careless words and commitments that are made lightly in our culture. And I think that even by being faithful and keeping our commitments, it's just the contrast alone will be such a salt and light to the world because it will make, it makes us and it makes our children stand out when they say, no, I'm going to go ahead and do that because I told you I would, and I'm going to keep that commitment. You never hear You never hear kids say that. So when kids or young adults or adults say things like that, it gets attention. It gets people to turn their head and say, wait a minute, what is different about this person? So it is actually a way to, without words, you're sharing the gospel. And so it's. I love that these simple things can be so much bigger than we actually imagine. And it's just about having self-control and um, asking for God's help in all of this. Okay, there in Psalm 15:4, um, the psalmist was talking about who could dwell in God's sacred tent and live on his holy mountain. And this was the answer. Um, basically, in whose it went through a description, a, a longer description than this, but I'm going to focus on the part that applies for to what we're talking about today. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. So, in other words, that person is going to keep their commitment, even if it's incredibly painful for them. And so, this is the kind of commitment we want to teach our kids to keep when they say they're going to do something. All right. Also, there's another verse in Proverbs 20 that talks about um, making rash vows. We don't want to make commitments lightly, right? Um, Proverbs 25, 14 says, like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. So timeliness is, in completing a task, um, again, reveals faithfulness. This is something that pretty much every child has to learn. It takes time, and it starts in the most practical ways. And it takes some children longer than others to learn this. But what we want is for our children to grow in wisdom and also to grow a reputation for being faithful to keeping their commitments. All right, so let's start out talking about small children, and I'm specifically addressing chores. So what I want to explain to you today, first of all, before I dive into that, is that I was very hesitant to set a timer for schoolwork because I felt like it was more important for our kids to learn timeliness in chores first. The problem with schoolwork, especially in the early years, if we're setting timers, it can often really discourage our children because when a timer is going, some kids really get stressed out, half their brain shuts off, and they will fail over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, schoolwork and a love of learning is 
schoolwork is dreaded and a love of learning is lost, especially in the early years. So we really want to be careful with that. So if we're going to talk about working on timeliness in those early years, let's start with chores, okay? So um, I uh, obviously, I think this is kind of obvious, and but I'm going to say it anyway. We start with just encouragement. Hey, make sure that you get that done in a timely way. You know, we can give little nudges, little encouragements as they're starting to do little chores here and there. And, and, and it's important for us to be tuned in. Like, are they getting distracted? Are they going off to do something else and not actually following through? We need to be cognizant of that. So in the early years, is they're really the years for character training. So we're spending most of our time being aware of whether or not our children are following through on things. Um, we're giving them directions. We're teaching them to follow directions. We're teaching them timeliness and chores. That is the biggest part of their education at that phase of the game. Because once we've got that foundation laid, we can move into the more cognitive years and have a much better experience because we've laid that character foundation in our children. So now let's just say that you have noticed that you tell a child to go do something, or maybe you have the little chore chart on the fridge, which I did. The kids had their chores every day that they needed to do. And that I started out with just those little tin foil stickers. Um, it also helped them to learn to, to teach them to learn to read. You know, if they couldn't read, I would go up to the little chore chart with them and I would read it with them. And even though they couldn't read, I'd put my finger up there and say, brush your teeth. Oh, have you brushed your teeth yet? Oh no, okay, go do that. And I'm aware that they've just gone to brush their teeth and I'm keeping track of how long it's taking them, okay? And I'm gonna go track them down in a few minutes um, if they don't come back soon. And a lot of times I would tell my kids, okay, then you need to go do that and then come right back and we'll check your chore chart to see what's next. And so that's a very, very beginning stages of teaching them timeliness. Okay, now say fast forward and you know you've got a problem on your hands. Um, you've got a child who's maybe, you know, six or seven and they're in charge of unloading the dishwasher. Okay, so, um, and it's just this long, drawn out, painful thing of us reminding them. Now, see, this is a mistake that I tended to make was to give too many reminders because then they stop remembering themselves and they're dependent on us to keep them going. So we want to avoid that. We want to put the responsibility on their shoulders. And this is where I loved to utilize a timer. So if they're old enough to have a concept of time, let's just say maybe they've been learning what five minutes and 10 minutes and 20 minutes is, and you know they have a, a pretty good grasp on that, I would ask them, so what do you think is a reasonable amount of time for you to get this job done? And you know, you have that occasionally have that kid who's like, oh, it's gonna be at least 40 minutes. Okay. No, I think we can do better than that. I think you can do it in, in 15. And then the, and they say, oh, I don't think I can do it in 15. Okay, we'll compromise at 20, right? So now they're feeling some ownership because we have brought them into the conversation. Now that is not always necessary. Um, sometimes we just need to say, hey, this is the amount of time you need to get it done in. And um, so we'll see you when the timer goes off. Walk out of the room, let them be responsible. They can be watching the timer if they want, but it's going and they need to keep moving. Okay, so let's just say we come back the timer goes off 
and they're not nearly finished. I figure if they're close, I'm fine with that. But if they're not close, okay. All right, how long do you think it's gonna take you to get the rest of this done? And then we put, we set it for five more minutes. And And if we're going beyond that still, this is where I would make a note in my mind that I need to set up a training session with this child. Um, And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want also to, in terms of using a timer, the beautiful thing about using a timer is if your child isn't aware of time, this is a wonderful way to start making them more conscious about what time of day is it, how long it takes them to get things done. So it can be their introduction to more time awareness. I know that our daughter um, put a watch, little digital watch on her seven-year-old's wrist. And she said, it's been great. He knows exactly what time it is. He knows what he's supposed to do and when he's supposed to do it. And he's he owns it because he's got this watch and he knows what time he's supposed to do what, and he just pulls it off. Now, obviously, not every kid is like that. Some kids, you have to set up things like a, um, a reward system. You know, I did the little stickers on the chart, and when they first started out at the end of the week, if every box was full and they had done pretty much everything in a timely way, now I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't know if I would put a star in there if they're not doing it in a timely way. So that's up to you. I'll leave that up to you. But I would do something like at the end of the week, oh, we're going to go out for hot chocolate or I'm going to fix tea and cookies for us or something like that. Now, as we had more children, I could not pull that off. So I'm going to be honest. There was not a reward system in place. Um, All of our kids growing up years, when they were very young, I I thought it was important to get them motivated and to start to own it. But but the the reward system um, works for some kids. It does not work for others. But whatever you decide to do, um, try to keep it positive. I, don't be punitive when it comes to not getting things done on time. When the, when it comes to their uh, getting their chores done on time, try to keep it positive. Now, there are kids who will drag this out and you may have that gut feeling that, okay, we need to start taking some things away because the positive isn't working, okay? So there's there I, I can't tell you exactly how to do this with your child. I really always encourage moms, hey, listen, know your kid, keep mental notes on where they are, how they're doing, what's their effort, and also praying. Lord, give me wisdom. Show me the heart of this kid. Sometimes I don't always know. I get frustrated, and so I talk to my husband, and I'll say, look, this is what's going on, and he can kind of help me gauge, you know, I think they're really trying, but there's a maybe they're not quite hearing everything, and this is another thing that can happen. Um, and I don't want you to run to this too quickly because we can real, really quickly out of our nurturing, loving nature as moms look for excuses for our kids why they can't do something when the reality is they just need the right motivation. But that aside, um, some kids really struggle with auditory processing. We, Our son who had uh, open heart surgery when he was three days old was in the hospital the first two months of his life. He has always struggled with auditory processing. So I can tell him something, but I have another son who didn't have that happen and he struggled with it. So what I started to do was I started to say, okay, what are you supposed to be doing right now? So this is making them own what they're supposed to be doing. Or if I'm giving a directive that isn't on the chore chart, because I always directed my kids to the chore chart. They're like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing now? 
go to the chore chart chart and look for yourself. Because I wanted them to be independent. I wanted them to own what they were doing. And I didn't, I don't need to be their brain, right? They need to be responsible to go look at that chore chart and then go do that thing in a timely way. But if I was giving a directive, like outside of the normal, I would say to that child, okay, um, I need you to take this pile of towels up to the bathroom and these socks to your brother's drawer, okay? I may have lost that child halfway through that if they have auditory processing issues. So I would make them repeat back to me what it is that I said. What did I just say? And this is this helps tremendously because once they say it, then you know they've got it and you don't have to feel guilty for following through with any kind of discipline. So let's talk about a training scenario, okay? I talked about this earlier. What is a training scenario? So... Um, what it is, is we're setting up a specific situation or several situations where our kids are going to practice being timely. So when you know that they're just not getting it and they need practice on this awareness of time, because some kids do really struggle with getting it or they're just kind of lazy. Kids can be that too. So something along the lines of, okay, so let's just say you've got a, um, an elementary school age kid, right? And they're not being timely in their chores. And um, I would take the time in the afternoon. My kids always had free time in the afternoon or self-directed time. When we got to that time, I would tell that child, I'm sorry, you're not going to have free time today, which they absolutely loved their free time. So this was a huge blow, but that was the best time to work on training because we had other things going on the rest of the day. And I couldn't stop whatever, what all that are, you know, the freight train that was going um, because I needed to spend time training this one child. So I would take their free time and spend it teaching them how to be timely. So maybe we're going to start out with, here's a pile of washcloths. You have three minutes or five minutes or whatever you think they need to fold those washcloths. And they're going to be like, what? So if you if you follow through with that, we'll move on to the next thing. And if it looks like you're getting this, then I'll cut you loose to play. But what we're doing right now is... Um, you know, and we're saying this not in a punitive way, but rather a training way. Something like, I noticed that you're struggling to get things done in a timely way. And I know that's frustrating for you and it's frustrating for me. So I don't want that to happen anymore. So we're going to practice to help you get better at this. Okay. So when someone isn't good at something, they have to do it several times over and then they start to get better at it. So that's what we're going to do today. So say they get it done. Um, you could just like unfold that, you know, when they're done and let's just say that they didn't get it done in time. Okay. So mess up the pile. Okay. We're going to try this again and we're going to repeat this, repeat, repeat, repeat the same activity, same amount of time. And and then just say they get it. Okay. We're going to double check and make sure you get it. We're going to switch activities and we're going to go to over here. I want you to spend, um, I want you to take five minutes to unload the silverware container. 
okay? Because that's a reasonable amount of time. And they're going to do that. Maybe when they've done, when they've been successful three or four times, you can cut them loose. But if it's continuing on, we're going to continue to practice. And so this is something um, that was super, super helpful for our kids. It's just understanding, look, you just need practice at this. So here we go. We're going to do that. And you, you let them know that you're on the same team as them. You love them. You want what's best for them, and this is actually what's best with them, for them. So um, I think the last thing I just re- want to remind you of is just to remember that this is a process. Um, it's going to be shorter for some kids and longer for others, but moms, consistency is key. We as moms need to be careful not to get distracted Um Don't be too quick to blame yourself and take responsibility, though. If you happen to be distracted because your baby has a blowout, you know, you need to tend to that. That is more important at the moment. And if your child did not remain faithful to their task, that is on them. But it's also our responsibility as parents to reorient them and get them going in the right direction. This is all part of parenting. It's part of raising our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, developing their character with God's help. You know, sometimes the kids get really frustrated and it's okay to just stop and say, oh, I totally get it. I understand that frustration. Let's pray and let's ask Jesus to help you do better at this. And then and then just cheer them on, okay? So one thing I want to leave you with is when we're going to critique our kids, which we need to do, we need to, I guess critique isn't really a good word. It's correct. Redirect. Um, whatever word you want to use, remember to the sandwich rule. Encouragement, correction, more encouragement. So what we're trying to do is about double the amount of encouragement as we do the criticism. Now, I'm not about psychology or anything like that, but I, you know, I mean, I think some psychology is good. Don't don't get me wrong on that. But I I want us to work from a place of of coming from God's word. And have you ever noticed how encouraging God is? He is such an encourager. He is such a loving shepherd. He gently leads us as we are raising our kids. He leads us. He shepherds us through difficulties. And we're called to do the same thing with our children. So let's let um, Jesus disciple and shepherd us as we disciple and shepherd our children. The last thing I want to say really quickly um, Timeliness in schoolwork. I know some of you are going to ask me about that. Again, I tried not to set timers when the kids were younger while they were because I wanted them to continue to love learning and I didn't think it was important for them to be um, pressured in that way. Of course, that is a call you have to make as a mom. You, you know what's best for your child. But the way that our days were set up, the mornings were directed time, chores, breakfast, a few more chores, some directed learning and uh, kindergarten through eighth, we were always done by noon. And I explained why this is possible and why it's important in the four hour school day. But then in the afternoon, there was a rest time after lunch. And then there was this block of time, a couple hours where the kids had self-directed time and they looked forward to that every day. And so what just sort of ended up happening by default was they didn't want that time taken away. So they, if they didn't get their schoolwork done in the mornings, we moved on to lunch and rest time. And then after lunch, I would say, oh, 
I'm sorry, you don't get to go out and play because you never finished your schoolwork. You've got to go back to it. They hated that, absolutely hated that. So for our family, that was a better way to encourage timeliness in their schoolwork. And I think some of that had to do with we the fact that we kept things simple and straightforward. And, you know, it's um, there's something to be said for simplicity and not overwhelming our kids with too much schoolwork. And that's a whole other conversation that I have in the four-hour school day and the unhurried homeschooler. Um, so I just want to encourage you as you move forward in teaching your kids in timeliness and faithfulness um, to just not grow weary. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for the privilege of raising these kids. I thank you for the privilege of being able to instill into them your word and your ways, your principles, Lord, that make their lives so much better. But it requires a commitment from us as parents to be willing to invest here and now. So Lord, I just pray for every parent listening that you would give them wisdom, encouragement, inspiration. You would challenge them to um, be faithful in teaching their children timeliness and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. One last resource I want to share with you. Are you looking to give your child a well-rounded education while also ensuring positive socialization opportunities and their ability to succeed in life? Consider joining a Classical Conversations community and homeschooling alongside local families. Led by a trained, licensed director, families learn through Classical Conversations' proven Christ-centered curriculum together in a community. With locations in all 50 states and over 50 countries, there's bound to be a community near you. To find your community today, visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Have a great day. <music>